Welcome to this episode of Gender Equality Talks or GE Talks. We are indeed privileged to have with us today a very special guest, Professor Dr. Amita Pandey from the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology, King George's Medical University of India. Besides being a renowned gynecologist, Dr. Pandey is also a master trainer for India's most populated state, Uttar Pradesh's State Innovation for Family Planning Services, or SIFSA, as we call it, and one of the very few obstetricians and gynecologists who also specializes in medical genetics. She is one of the academic editors of the prestigious Asian Research Journal of Gynecology and Obstetrics. Welcome, Dr. Amita Pandey. Thank you so much for having me on board. No, it's indeed a privilege for us for you to find time from your super busy schedule. Uh, Dr. Pandey, from your experience as a renowned gynecologist in a public health hospital, have you come across instances of uh, antibiotics and antiviral drugs which are used for treating sexually transmitted infections as well as bacterial and viral infections like tuberculosis, HIV, urinary tract infections in women becoming less effective or totally ineffective due to the bacteria and viruses becoming resistant to them? In fact, it's a very interesting debate that we are uh, planning to discuss today because apart from analgesics, in my clinical practice, I have felt that uh, antibiotics are the second most abused group of drugs in India at least. And in our clinical practice, ours being a tertiary care center, we get patients who are referred from all levels of healthcare services, right from the tier one, tier two, to the hi-fi private hospitals and the small private clinics. We get referrals from everywhere. And I would uh, like, it's a shame that we have to say that antibiotics are prescribed right, left, and center without indication and without any appropriate need for um, these antibiotics. And as a result, it is very common for us to get antibiotic resistance in most of the women who report to us for care. In fact, whenever these women come to us, at the slightest doubt of infection, we have to start with very high-end antibiotics because in our clinical experience, we have seen that the lower-rung lower antibiotics are actually of no use because these women have been using it right, left, and center for a very long time and hence are resistant to most of them. You are muted. You are muted. Sorry, 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 yes. Uh, that's a scary situation, uh, Dr. Pandey, but, but that's the reality. And then uh, women who are coming uh, to the hospital, uh, uh, say during pregnancy, abortion or childbirth, then uh, are they at increased risk of exposure to antimicrobial resistance while in the hospital? Yes. Uh, during this treatment? Is, yes, yes. This is again a very interesting uh, question that you have put to me. Because, you know, it's a double-edged sword. When these women come to us for, um, say, an abortion, 
because even in the era of modern antibiotics, we, uh, you must have seen that uh, induced septic abortion is one of the commonest causes of maternal, uh, one of the important causes of maternal morbidity and mortality also. So let us take that example. Suppose a woman reports to a place for an abortion. The uh, place has improper aseptic um, asepsis and the practices used are also not appropriate. So to cover up that, the women are usually administered uh, broad spectrum antibiotics and that too for a variable period of time. Say if she stays in the hospital for two days, they are given the injectable antibiotic for two days and then they are prescribed the oral antibiotics. But when the woman goes home, she feels that I'm fine. Why should I waste my money on uh, these antibiotics? And as a result, there is this antibiotic resistance. So uh, the same scenario happens whenever they deliver or they have undergo a cesarean section at whichever um, level of healthcare they go to. Because most of the places, it's a shameful thing for us, but most of the places do not have appropriate asepsis as per recommendation. And as a result, most of these obstetric uh, um, uh, interventions do not require antibiotics. For delivery, the recommendation is just one shot of antibiotic. But believe me, even at uh, a premier tertiary care center like ours, we cannot do that because I think the asepsis is not up to the mark. And there are innumerable number of reasons for this. But yes, we have to agree and admit that women are exposed to resistant infections while in the hospital for obstetric interventions like a uh, suction evacuation or a DNC or an MTP for an abortion or a normal delivery or a cesarean section or any other gynecological procedure that they come for. Uh, so actually ICMR has set up some antimicrobial use guidelines and uh, it, seem, it seems that they are not being followed by most of the hospitals in the public and maybe private sector. I had just read about a study uh, where it said that the ICMR guidelines recommend administration of single dose of antibiotics yes. for surgical antimicrobial prophylaxis for elective yes. obstetrics and gynecological surgeries. But there have been documented instances where the women receive therapeutic antibiotics for seven to 10 days instead of the recommended uh, dose, as you had said, that they sometimes they need just one shot of it, and uh, but they are given more. So, which means that uh, those guidelines are not being followed, although they have been framed. Yes. Uh, the ICMR guidelines, as you must have read also, are very robust guidelines. And they have categorically classified the antibiotics, like what antibiotics have to be used at what level of healthcare has been outlined, and then uh, special permissions. Like So, in fact, these guidelines have to be adopted by the institute. Like in our institute, we have a very strong antimicrobial policy. So, whenever a woman reports, we do start her with broad-spectrum antibiotics, but uh, most of these are referred women and the cases are usually boshed up and whenever a woman has to visit two or more hospitals, chances of sepsis increases. So in these women, 
we are scared about using a single dose of antibiotic we do use a single dose of antibiotics in women who are booked at our center and who visit our center at the first place but women who are unbooked and are referred from outside need broad spectrum antibiotic for a longer duration but even that institutes all institutes must have their own policy because our institute also has a definite policy that first level we can start with say ampicillin gentamicin and metrogel and then if she does not respond to that if there are signs of sepsis despite using this then we go to the next higher level which would include the ufloxacins and the ciprofloxacins and then if that is not useful then we go to the higher level like the ceftriaxones and then the imipen penems and uh, meropenems so but the unfortunate thing is most of these un, the 70 or 80% of the patients reporting to the hospitals who have a very robust antibiotic policy have already visited other hospitals and are referred cases where they have already received high end antibiotics like nothing less than uh, ceftriaxone and cefepirozone sulbactams and piperacillin tazobactam so once a woman who has received all those antibiotics is referred to our center the only the as a last resort we have to start some higher antibiotics this is the unfortunate part and as a result we also very strongly feel that this is a very interesting thing that you have brought up and there must be very strict rigid guidelines about who can prescribe what antibiotics and the otc the over the counter sale of antibiotics must be banned as it is abroad because unless that is done there would be people who would be prescribing it because it is not just the mbbs doctors who are prescribing the allopathic medicines but more so the homeopaths and the allopath the ayurvedic and the unani doctors who keep prescribing these medications so the best thing which in my um, understanding would be to ban the sale of antibiotics over the counter yes because that is the major problem that is leading to this and then different level of hospitals should not be allowed to use all antibiotics say if a woman is at a phc or a chc there must be standing instructions that only ampicillin metronidazole and gentamicin can be given only if she does not respond then on request on written request other antibiotics higher antibiotics should be made available to these women okay so that the so i'm i'm i think what you're trying to say and rightly so is that there should be implementation and proper implementation and checkpoints in place in yes. all hospitals and clinics across india's healthcare system to avoid irrational use of existing absolutely. antibiotics absolutely because uh, a few hospitals having these guidelines and antimicrobial stewardship programs in place is not going to solve the problem it has to be uniform implementation yes yes and universally everywhere in india yes then only will you be able to mitigate this problem and uh, of course from what I, you have said it seems it is uh, important to do drug resistance profiling before starting treatment uh, not only in the case of women but elsewhere not only for obstetrics and gynecology and is it done routinely a drug See, resistance uh, no it is drug profiling resistance profiling 
is unfortunately not done everywhere because to know the culture and sen to get the culture and sensitivity it takes a minimum of 72 hours most of the time the patient gets anxious or the doctor gets anxious or things go out of the hand if one waits for 72 hours so the best is in uh, tertiary care centers at least i know the moment a patient comes with suspected sepsis all the specimen samples are sent for culture and sensitivity and then only some antibiotic is started that is the only way that is possible or for that matter we should know that which um, uh, organism is prevalent in that area say for example urinary tract infection is very common in women of all reproductive and postmenopausal age so uh, for uti the recommendations are that the wild type in the field if you get infection nitrofurantoin must be prescribed and only if the woman and 90% of the cases the woman would respond to that that is the first line antibiotic and recommendation only if she does not respond to that should she undergo a culture sensitivity and appropriate antibiotic should be given according to the culture sensitivity report so i think guidelines should be framed for everything different infections like this only okay so uh coming to hospital acquired infections or secondary infections as they are called uh, are patients sometimes prescribed unnecessarily high doses of antibiotics to reduce these hospital acquired infections and uh, instead of improving upon infection control measures uh, this is increasing the chances of amr or antimicrobial resistance spreading more and rendering existing drugs ineffective yes. or less effective yes yes absolutely Uh, except for the established um, hospitals there are innumerable number of smaller hospitals and like phc chcs where um, hospital acquired infections are very very prevalent and women are given antibiotics especially in the private centers they are given a lot of antibiotics because uh, nobody wants them to have sepsis to prevent that they are given high end antibiotics just to like take care of any hospital acquired infection that they may contract during their stay in the hospital so as you have said yourself and as it is a known uh, fact that india is considered the epicenter of global yes. antimicrobial resistance crisis yes. all the superbugs we have who are that are resistance right the mrsa uh, resistance is well known and uh, most prevalent in india yes 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 so uh, although you have spelled this out but i would just like you to recapitulate that what according to you can be done at the level of healthcare providers as well as healthcare receivers to reverse this trend of antimicrobial resistance spreading for healthcare providers any prescription of antibiotic should be done with very very uh, with utmost care one must always ensure that the simplest form of antibiotic is ad, uh, prescribed to the patient who has come to the hospital for the first time instead of pro prescribing a high end antibiotic but unfortunately for so many reasons we know that does not happen that is why i was saying that the intervention has to come from the government 
and that is why i mentioned that it is not just sufficient to make guidelines it is very important to enforce those guidelines and stop the availability of drugs these antibiotics over the counter and so many other drugs also so antibiotics also should not be available over the counter if people are not able to get it they will stop prescribing it they will stop using it so i agree that care must be taken at the level of the treating physician care must be taken at the level of the recipient but most of the time the recipients are illiterate even if they are literate everybody may not have any idea about what antibiotics are needed and what is not being given to him or her so it is very important that we besides having robust guidelines we have a system or a law to enforce it in all the hospitals universally all over india because at times we have seen that uh, if patients come like for pelvic inflammatory diseases that is very common so for pelvic inflammatory disease the first line of drug that is prescribed is doxycycline but if you do not so in government hospitals i know about my hospital when a patient comes to our hospital we have very strict guidelines and we all follow the who empirical dosage and um, guidelines for pid and all rtis and stis so but when we do that and we also have those free dawaiyan also we give them those kit 2 kit 3 kit 4 kit 6 as it is needed but the patients do not like that most of the patients i know they say ki yahan to kuch hame mila hi nahi kuch injection injection lagaya nahi they are more satisfied if they get those high end antibiotics which naturally the they go to the to another hospital a private setup and then they demand an iv antibiotic and the doctor complies to their demand so that is why it is very important that we have strict strict rules in fact as they say it's a if if you don't have a stick then enforcing things would be very difficult in a country like ours we have very good guidelines we have indian guidelines indian protocols for everything but unfortunately the number of people who are following it is very very less so for so many reasons implementation is that, that yes that implementation is a problem uh dr pande your message for the international conference on family planning which is to be held in thailand this year yes it's such an important conference and uh, i think especially in all developing countries more so in southeast asia the focus has to be reshifted to control of population why i am saying reshifted is because in india the government uh, in an effort to reduce maternal mortality the government ensured that at least 90% of the of our women deliver in the hospitals and for this they offered allotment number of freebies like uh, included in the jsy and the jssk the janani shishu suraksha karyakram and the janani suraksha yojana so that is all very good now we have lot many women who are reporting to hospitals for deliveries and home deliveries are very very less now that is i think the government should get a pat on the back but the adverse effect of this has been that everything is available for free 
and the woman also gets some money for every delivery so family planning has taken a back seat that is why i am saying again that the government has to shift the focus back to control of population and this i feel that this can be done by restricting fee freebies to those with only two children besides that if they come for the delivery of the third child then all the freebies should be stopped all the free ration and everything should be given just for those with two children not more unless we do anything again that stick policy has to be implemented unless it is done very strictly this would not be successful because it, the scenario of family planning especially in india and other south asian east asian countries also is very very dismal like to tell you the truth male sterilization is the percentage is shameful we don't even like to say that so we have to in, uh, uh, incentivize permanent sterilization both amongst males and females in fact we have to incentive incentivize the males more if they come for permanent sterilization and penalize those with three or more children by not allowing them government jobs by not allowing them freebies by not allowing them to con contest elections and so many things only then family planning measures would be effective because i think if the problem has to be sorted out it has the population has to be reduced so my message is let us all join hands and work towards reducing this over ever increasing population especially in india yes very rightly said and also remove the onus of family planning from the women's shoulders women to men, men. absolutely yeah. absolutely that, that 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 is important very important so, So with this we come to the close of today's very very informative and enlightening conversation with Dr Amita Pandey in the lead up to the International Family Conference ICFP 2022 that will be held in Thailand this year my sincere thanks to Dr Pandey for finding time from her super busy schedule to share her valuable insights and make us more informed about the importance of sexual and reproductive health as well as about the perils of antimicrobial resistance that has already triggered a global health crisis i would also take this opportunity to remind our listeners that cns has launched gender equality talks live series because of our deepening realization that unless we ensure gender equality and human rights for all people of all sexual orientations and gender identities we cannot deliver on the sustainable development goals the only possible world order which is socially just and ecologically sustainable for everyone is a feminist world order so do we believe